This is the What Now Podcast. In moments like that, I'm like, oh, I just, I just need help. And there's times when I just feel like I can't do it all and I'll turn it over to him. And I still have to get things done, but just peace comes instead of the chaos. And just even in the family, it's like one of the things that you said, you know, what do I make sure that I'm doing to stay grounded in the gospel? It's one of the things that I've decided not to give up is the scripture reading with my family. Um, and every time I'm home, I'll make sure that we get in even before bedtime. Most of the time it's right before the kids go to bed, but we'll do or come follow me or scripture reading or lesson with the kids or we teach them something in the gospel and teach them about Jesus Christ. And to me, that's a non-negotiable thing. This is the What Now podcast, where we discuss topics surrounding cultural norms in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in an effort to create more understanding, hope, and healing for our church community. I am Mary Alice Hatch, your host. Join me as I speak with U.S. Open pickleball champion, Callie Smith. Callie shares how seeking consistent personal revelation from the Lord has allowed her to navigate her journey through the professional ranks and achieve her dream of becoming a U.S. Open champion. Through Callie's success, she has been able to become an ambassador for the church, spreading her message of faith in the Lord and his guiding influence in our lives. Today, I am here with Callie Smith. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're on the podcast today. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. So before we begin, let's just take a moment for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself so listeners can get to know you better. Yeah, so um, my name is Callie Jo Smith. I was born to a family of six children. I'm a twin. That makes it kind of fun. So I'm an older sister. That's me and my twin sister, younger sister, and then twin brothers. Born and raised in Orem, Utah, and now I'm back in Orem, Utah, <laughs> which I love. And I'm married to my husband's name is Kyle Smith. We've got two beautiful children, a six-year-old girl named Camber and a four-year-old boy named Stockton. And they are the loves of my life. I love chocolate. I like to sing and play piano. I love pickleball and play pickleball on a regular basis, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I used to play tennis and vowed I would never play pickleball in my entire life. And yet here I am playing pickleball <laughs> every day. <laughs> so on the top of my head, I love to read. Anytime if I had to pick a vacation or relax, it would be on a beach or anything in the sunshine. I do not ski, even though I live in Utah. I'm not good at it. I don't snowboard and I don't like to be cold. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, let tell us a little bit more about pickleball. You're not just a casual pickleball player. Uh, no, so I'm actually currently I'm ranked number two in the world in women's doubles. I'm number one ranked team, but number two doubles, my women's doubles partner, her name's Lucy Kovalova, and she is currently ranked number one. It's a little tough when you're on the same team to surpass. <laughs> <laughs> women's singles, I'm currently number four in the world, and mixed doubles, we're currently ranked between fifth and seventh. That's incredible. It's been really fun. So my goal is to be number one in the world. And that's happened this year, which has been fun. So hopefully it will continue that way. And me and my partner will just continue to get better as we play more together. So did you go to the US Open? I did. So my partner last year actually was Catherine Parento, and we won the US Open together. And then this year, my partner and I took bronze, which is third. So we lost in a tough three-set match. We kind of had a rain delay. We were, had the momentum actually in our match in the semifinals and then had a rain delay and ended up having to play the next morning really early and ended up losing in a close third set. 
Well, that's incredible. So you undersold yourself there <laughs> in the <laughs> intro. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, sorry, just won the U.S. Open. That's all. It's cool. So it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun. <laughs> How did you cross over to pickleball then from tennis? So funny story, actually. So I played tennis at the University of Utah. So first my freshman year at Brigham Young University with my twin sister, and then I transferred to the U my sophomore year and finished out at the University of Utah. So I was really into tennis. I thought I would play pro tennis. And then I had some injuries. My husband, we got married. And I guess we had kind of a surprise baby right away. So I was like, well, pro tennis is not in the cards for me anymore. (laughs) So I'll coach tennis. So I was just kind of in the middle of coaching tennis. And I was actually running as a manager up at Liberty Park at the tennis center for a few years. And then was just coaching tennis. And I heard this noise next to me found out this game was pickleball and this most obnoxious noise like these people are taking over my tennis courts they're ruining my nets they're painting lines on my courts I'm like I don't <laughs> like it and then I would just I don't know so tennis to me I would call myself I was a tennis snob I was I I was all about the technique and the strokes and it has to look pretty and flow and then I look at this pickleball game and I would see choppy strokes and people would hit the ball behind them and it drove me crazy And so I came home actually after coaching one day and talked to my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, pickleball is so annoying. I said, I can't even handle it. And I was like, I will never be caught dead with a pickleball paddle in my hand. Famous last words. (laughs) Famous last words. And literally the next day, my husband came and he goes, hey, Callie, he goes, my grandpa wants to play a pickleball tournament with you. I was wondering if you'd play a pickleball tournament with him. And I said, haha, very funny. Thinking he was joking. He's like, no, Callie, I'm serious. I was like, what? Like of his like 60 grandkids, like he has to choose a granddaughter-in-law <laughs> Yeah, to play. <laughs> he has so many athletic people in his family, but I was like, all right, I can't say no to like your 86-year-old grandpa. So I went out, I was, I think, four months pregnant with my son at that time. I just went out and I said, okay, I don't really know the rules. I just said, tell me where to stand, tell me where to be, and I'll just hit the ball. <laughs> That's kind of how it started. We didn't uh, place at all. We we did win. So we kind of played, a, it was like a round robin tournament. I mean, it was indoors on like a wooden surface, like a gym type surface. And we were the only team to beat the number one team that didn't lose to anybody. So I think we took like fourth or fifth. So we didn't get a medal or anything. But <laughs> I like, love okay, that. Okay, that's fine. Like we did fine. He's 86. Everybody else we were playing were like 30s, 40s. <laughs> we did pretty dang good for me not knowing what the heck I'm doing out here. I love that he's 86 and he's out there like killing the ball. That is awesome. Yeah. And he was so good. I'm like, okay, well, I get, this game isn't as bad as I thought, but tennis is still way better. I'm like this was a one-time thing. Now I can go back to my tennis days, you know, did a favor for my, my grandfather-in-law. <laughs> His name is George Snell. And then after we played, a guy named Mike Nielsen came up to me. He's like, oh, how long have you been playing? I'm like, oh, I don't play. He goes, oh. Well, like one you- day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh I don't play you know I'm a tennis player and he's like oh no no he goes level let me introduce you to all these people I'm like that's very kind of you I'm just not interested I said thank you I'm good and he goes no 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 you wouldn't take no for an answer so I said hey look I said you're really nice I said I, I pickleball is more fun than I thought but I said I'm, you know, if I'm interested why don't you give me your phone number and if I'm interested I'll give you a call he says I was okay so that's kind of how we ended it and I thought I'll never talk to this guy again <laughs> and anyway so came back my husband came back home. My husband's super athletic, picks up any sport. He just can be good at, at any sport you give him. And But any racket sport, 
I kill him. So tennis, badminton, ping pong, maybe ping pong. He might get a couple games, but for the most part, I beat him at anything with a paddle or a racket. But he beats me at anything else, any other sports. And like, there's no chance. So the only sport that we could really play together that was somewhat competitive was pickleball. And so we went out and we played kind of like tennis because that's how I knew how to play. And so we went out one day for a date. We had like an hour, I think, away. And we were playing and this couple came out. And I say this in the nicest way possible. I would say they were in their 60s, a little overweight, elbow braces, knee braces, like (laughs) hobbling onto the court. And they approached us and were like, hey, we want to challenge you guys to a game. And I looked at Kyle. I'm like, really? (laughs) It's like, I'll kill you. That, like that, that's in my head. I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Like we can play a game. It's like, well, in my head, I'm like, well, how do we make this a little more fair, you know, so that they have fun too? So I was like, okay, I was like, well, do you guys want to split it up? So it's like me and and like, no, 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 we we want to challenge the two of you. So then, then I was like, okay, then my competitiveness came. I'm like, that's it. So I turned to Kyle. I'm like, okay, we're gonna kill him and get back to our date. And he goes, okay, sounds good. So we start playing, and this team beats us like 11-2, just <laughs> slaughters us. And I'm trying at this point, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, how do they just beat us? I'm like, there's no I way. Love like, that. I just got out of college tennis. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a really good athlete. My husband's a really good athlete. There's no way they just beat us. So I was like, okay, rematch, you know? So we played him again and they beat us again, like 11 2. I was like, okay, there must be more to this sport or this game than I thought. And I never want to lose to a 60 year old again. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. And so I was like, okay, so I called that. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to call Mike Nielsen. So at least I know how to play maybe the rules a little more, figure out the game. So I ended up calling the Mike Nielsen guy. And I was like, all right, I said, I'm ready to play. Teach me how to play. So he taught me what a dink was. He taught me what a third shot drop was. And then introduced me to some people who have become some of my best friends in the whole world. So it's like Tyler Wren, Larry Moon, Ben Aguayo, Chuck Taylor, Jake Waldrum, Mike Morgan's like all these people have now become some of my best friends. I interact with them regularly on the pickleball court. And it's just you just dug in. You just dug in on the pickleball and then you just naturally started getting better and better to the point you could get to a pro level. Yeah. So 2018, when I started picking it up and I just did it for fun, it was a hobby. Still played tennis, still played pickleball. It it became fun instead of a, oh, it's pickleball. And I was like, okay, this is super fun. I'm excited to play. I got to be with my friends. It was a social thing and fun and exercise. So it's kind of everything all combined in one. And then I played in some tournaments. My first pro tournament was the Tournament of Champions in Brigham City. And that was the first time I'd actually played, well, yeah, when the pros came, where the pros would come. And I did okay. I think we took seventh. But I remember thinking, okay, I'm like, these are the best players in the world. I'm like, if I actually spent some time drilling and actually put time into it, I think I could beat these players. And so I talked to my husband and I said, hey, I said, Kyle, I think I want to try to go pro in pickleball. How do you feel about that? And conference, general conference was coming up. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, general conference uh, was coming up. And my husband said, well, why don't we take the question into general conference? We'll see if, you know, that's the direction we should go. And so I said, okay. So we did. And we both got an answer that we should pursue professional pickleball. (laughs) So I was like, okay, awesome. I started playing and something that's kind of cool. So before I married my husband, something that actually brought us closer together. So again, I wanted to be a professional tennis player at that point in time or physician's assistant. So like in my mind, like boys were third. (laughs) 
my career and what I wanted to do and boys were not as important to me. And I remember he came over to my apartment and he said, Callie, he said, I just feel like you think I don't want you to live your dreams. I just want you to know that I want to support you in whatever you want to do. He said, if you want to go play professional tennis, I just want to be in your box cheering you on and watching you play and supporting you. He's like, if you want to go sing, he said, I just want to be in the front row watching you sing. It's like, I want to support you. I don't want to hinder you from your dreams and your goals. And I was like, oh. You know, that's pretty unique because like in our culture, really, it's the men who are in the forefront and the women are home with the kids in a supporting role. So, I mean, it's kind of like you flip flop now that you're really at a really high level in the pros. Your husband has played more of a supporting role with the children, managing the family, navigating kind of your career here. Yeah. In my opinion, he is the real hero. (laughs) at home. And it's kind of funny because I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I'll coach on the side or play. But when I have kids, I want to be with my kids. I want to raise them. I want to be there for them. So the family has always been really important to me. In fact, I wanted six kids growing up. And then I had one. I'm like, one's great. One is good. (laughs) So it's a lot lot harder than I thought. Now we have two, obviously. But it's, yeah, like flip-flops. We flip-flopped roles. And he's been very supportive in it. And it's just the transition. I mean, it's been tough. There's been times where I kind of have the guilty mom moments. I'm like, oh, I need to be at home more. Or I miss my kids today. Or I didn't see my kids at all today, you know, between coaching and playing and practicing. Or I just saw them wake up in the morning. Or I just had to kiss them before I left, before they woke up. So there's times when it's been really hard. But I try when I am home to be with the kids. I try to do fun things with them or take them on like mommy daughter or mommy son dates, or we do things as a family or plan dates to the zoo or go take them swimming that they feel like mom is still a part of their lives. And that was one of our goals when, before we even started playing pickleball with me and my husband, we just wanted at least one of us in the family to raise them. You know, I think it's great. I know some people have to bring in other people to help or with their careers or jobs. And I think that's awesome. But I know the two of us, we've decided early on, like we want someone in the family to raise them, whether it's us or me or my husband or just some, or a grandma or grandpa, someone to be able to be there if we can't be at certain times. And that's, we've been very blessed to be able to do that. Well, it's great that you're at a level of your career where you're probably making the kind of money where you can do that, where your husband can step back and stay home with the kids. That's good. Yeah. So when we first started, we were both working. And so the kids, I would just bring the kids with me to pickleball. And so, cause they weren't in school at the time. So they would just come with me to practice and I'd bring the whole entourage. I'd have six bags in my arms and toys <laughs> and I'd put them on the court. I'd have the umbrella, whatever shade I could get for them. And so that's kind of how I started. And then once we started making a little more money, which has been super nice, then Kyle this last year, he was able to quit his job. And so now he's full-time stay-at-home dad. And I'm able to go practice a little more. And obviously he's home with the kids and I get to go play. You know, I think it's really unique because um, I think that's tricky for a lot of women in the culture in our church is they feel like they have to be that stay-at-home mom. And they do feel a little bit of that guilt if they're not doing it. So what advice do you have for women who want to chase their dreams, but they struggle with the church culture to stay at home full time. The best advice I would give is to listen to the song Enough or You Are Enough. I'll look it up and tell you later what it was, um, but I just know it's called Enough. And I remember listening to it on Mother's Day. I was feeling kind of particularly guilty about not being home with my kids and enough with spending enough time with the family. And it was really hard. And I just remember thinking in this song, it just says, you know, you're more than enough. And it talks about this mom, or basically it's this song about a mother who's doing all they can for their kids. And sometimes it doesn't feel like 
you're doing enough, or sometimes it doesn't feel like you're giving enough for different areas of your life, whether it's to neighbors or to your husband or to kids or through job or whatever it might be. And when I heard that song, just the spirit spoke to me and said, Callie, like you are more than enough. You're doing your best. That's all I want from you. And your kids love you. And to me, that was the biggest thing is sometimes we feel, and it is kind of a culture is because like we have this perfectionist, oh, we have to be perfect, you know, and there's just no such thing. And the Lord doesn't expect that. He just expects us to do our best and knows that even our best isn't going to be perfect. And I think for us, because we have this mentality of, oh, we have to be just like Christ, you know, and yeah, that's the goal. That's the end goal. But it's impossible while we're here in these mortal bodies. And he knows that. And that's why he came to the earth so that we can rely on him to make up the rest. And so once I realized that, I was like, you know what? Thank you, Heavenly Father. And thank you, you know, to Jesus, you know, for helping me to realize, you know, even though sometimes I feel like I'm not enough or not doing enough, I am. I am more than enough. And then he feels that way. And so I would say that just the biggest thing is as long as you're trying, you're going to be blessed. As long as you're trying, you're more than enough. And even if you're not, even if you feel like you're, there's days as a mom where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like doing nothing. I just want to stay here. I don't want to get out of bed. And sometimes that's just not possible, but I have those moments and I know everybody does, especially when you're busy or young kids, older kids, everybody is at a different stage of life, but we all at times feel you know, the same or like, oh, I just, I'm not doing what I want to or for myself. I'm not doing enough for my kids. That's my biggest recommendation is just knowing that you are more than enough, no matter where you are in life to Heavenly Father and to Jesus. Yeah, I love that. And it's true. Like we have all these gifts and talents and abilities that he's given us. And then he can create these really interesting opportunities for us. And I love that you were at conference, taking it to conference. How do we feel about this? You're very prayerful. You're seeking revelation for your life. And that's how the Lord speaks to us. And that's how we know we're doing the right thing. I mean, that's what we're being encouraged to do. President Nelson keeps saying, how do you hear him? Seek revelation. And so, so I'm glad you actually brought that up. At the beginning of pickleball, when I first started, I didn't play on Sunday. I grew up not playing sports on Sundays. And in tennis, if I'd get to the finals of a national tournament, I would either ask my opponent if they were willing to play earlier or a different day or Monday. And if they said no, then, then I just would give them the win. So I would withdraw or I'd withdraw in the semis before to let the other person go on so that the person could actually have a finals match. And so that's just something I grew up doing because keeping the Sabbath day holy was more important to me a tennis or playing, winning a tennis match. And, and I prayed about it before, so, you know, my parents left it up to us and said, Hey, you know, this is what we've been taught and taught no sports on Sundays and no, no recreation on Sundays. And because it's a day for worship. And so that's what we were taught. He said, but we'll let you guys decide, pray about it. You know, so they, at an early age, encouraged us to receive our own revelation. And the revelation I got was God's more important than tennis. And so I've taken that in with me through my life through pickleball. And so in tournaments, most of the time it would, they'd have Women's or mixed doubles on a Friday, and then mixed or women's on Saturday, and then usually it was singles on Sunday, and you could play it out the whole time. And so when I first started the pickleball, I would just play the mixed doubles and women's doubles, and I just didn't play the singles because that was usually on Sundays. And then uh, I think it was just last year, even that they started playing, started moving like championships matches to Sunday. And I remember at first it's like, okay, there's only three of them on Sunday. So I'll just, you know, let my teammates know or whoever was before I partnered with them, hey, I'm just not going to play on Sunday. So the best we could get would be silver, right? If we withdrew in the finals. And instead of three matches or instead of three tournaments on Sunday, it went to six and then seven and then eight. And so I was like, okay, it's like you have a decision to make. So everything's kind of going more towards how every other sport is as finals are on Sunday. 
And so I said a prayer, but going back to what Nelson said, is we, we can receive our own personal revelation. The Lord speaks to all of us differently, right? We each receive that revelation in a personal way. And so I, I took my question to the Lord and I said, hey, Heavenly Father, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on in my life right now. You know, I felt very strongly that I should pursue pickleball. All these tournaments, all these finals are going through to Sunday. And you're more important to me. I want to keep the Sabbath day holy. So am I supposed to play, right? So it's like, am I okay to play on Sunday or should I continue not playing on Sunday? So the decision that I've made is to not play on Sunday. Let me know if that's right or wrong. And so that's the prayer I said. And um, I can count on one hand how many times I felt the spirit where I knew like with a surety that the answer was accurate. So for example, one time when I knew that my husband was the one I was supposed to marry. Another one is when I knew when I had my, when I had my daughter and was really struggling because I wasn't ready to have a child at that time. I was really struggling with that. And I just felt that my purpose here was to be a mom and that I loved it and that I was ready to be a mom. And then this one, the answer that I got with the pickleball was that I was not supposed to play on Sunday and that that was the correct decision. And so I went and told my partners, I said, hey, I'm not playing these ones on Sunday, so you can either find a new partner. And for the first couple of tournaments, my partners were fine, just withdrawing. And then I was actually told during the tournament that they weren't going to let us progress to the finals if I wasn't going to play on Sundays, so that I would have to withdraw in the match before, so I wouldn't even be allowed to play the semifinals. So even if I won to get into the finals, I couldn't play it. And so at that point... Obviously, no one wants to play to lose. So I started losing partners and obviously wasn't able to play. So my ranking started dropping and I would win my first match and then have to default and go into the what's called the loser's bracket or the consolation bracket or sometimes pickleball called the opportunity bracket where you can try to make your way back. I'd always felt like I was losing even when I was winning. And I said, you know, Heavenly Father, I'm like, you don't get sponsors if you're losing. You don't get sponsors. You don't get paid. Right. If you're not winning. More limiting. Yeah. Right. And here I was, I'm like, we're paying money to play pickleball. We're not earning anything yet. You know, you only earn anything, you only earn something if you win or take first through third. And this, I'm losing even if I win. And so I went through, I think five or six tournaments like that. And I played a singles match and won and then went straight to the loser's bracket because I couldn't go to the semis. And I just said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like mentally, I can't handle this. I said, this is my last match. And despite what other people told me, like, hey, you know, professional sports is on Sunday. You can be an example for the church. You can do all this. And I said, yeah, what made you turn it around? What made you change your mind? Yes. And I said, I I know, I know that people do that. I said, but the answer that I got was no, and it hasn't changed. And I said, I've got to do that. And so I was going to be done. And so that was singles. So lost my singles. And I went into doubles, the next women's doubles the next day. My partner, her name was Irina Tereshenko at the time in that specific tournament. It was at Newport in California. And I said, okay, well, this is my last tournament. So I'm going to at least make it to the semifinals or at least make it to the finals and then just withdraw in the finals. So I'm going to end with a silver, right? <laughs> Go out with a big. So we won our match, got to the semifinals, won the semifinals. So we were in the finals and my partner is like, okay, so what's the plan for tomorrow? And I said, well, I said, give me a second. I'll call you back. And so she said, okay. So I went to my car right after we played our semifinal match and had won. And I went to my car. And at this point, I was by myself. My kids, I think, went to go grab a bite to eat with my husband. I went to the car and I sat in the car and I said a prayer. And I said, okay, Heavenly Father, I said, you know, here's, I'm done after this unless something's changed. And I said, I'm willing to give up pickleball. I'm willing to give all this up, even though I've worked really hard to be here. And I felt very strongly, and my husband and I felt very strongly that we should pursue this, this pickleball, you know, going professional or playing professional pickleball, and yet you're more important. So I'm willing to give it all up to not play on Sundays if that's the decision. I said, but if something's changed, 
And I said, and you still want me to pursue pickleball and you're okay with me playing on Sunday, then let me know. And about 30 minutes after I said that prayer, I got severe food poisoning. And I was staying just like across the street at a host family's house from the pickleball courts that we were playing at. So I said, well, it's a sign. <laughs> I'm not supposed to play. <laughs> so I took that to me. I'm like, okay, I just, there's no way I'm playing tomorrow. I was just hurling my guts out. And then my daughter got food poisoning. My parents got food poisoning. Like my son got food poisoning. We all got food poisoning. I was like, that. I'm like, that, obviously, okay. Like, thanks, Heavenly Father, you know. We're yeah, message good. received. Can you stop this, please? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense, you know. And I felt so sick, you know, I even got had fever, you know, it was so bad. And I asked my husband to give me a blessing. And I was still kind of worried. I'm like, well, do I play? You know, it's my last one. And as I've been thinking, I was like, really, I've tried everything, but play on Sunday. And at this point, I've been praying, you know, is there a different answer? Or is it the same answer? I talked to my stake president, I talked to my bishop, had gotten different answers from them or like ways to move forward. And basically it came down to, you got to do what's best. It's between you and the Lord. And so, and I knew that. And I said, well, the answer that I got and I knew what I got was the no. That was the six tournaments prior, right? So it's been a few months since then. And since everything started changing to Sundays, instead of just three tournaments, it became every tournament. So I just said, you know, Heavenly Father, I'm like, I, I haven't felt the same no that I did before in my head, you know, as I'd been praying night after night and day after day, is this the same answer? Because I'm willing to give it up, right? And in my mind, my other worry was, well, if it's not the same answer, all of a sudden I changed. Like, here, here I am. I've told everybody I don't play because I believe in God. This is my faith. And now all of a sudden, oh, if, if you change your mind, then okay, now what? You know, all these people are like, oh, she doesn't really believe, you know, this right, pickleball right. is more important. You know, what, what do I tell these people who I really want to be an example of God and of keeping the Sabbath day holy, but what do I say? So that was another worry on my mind is what do I do? Right. Like you've set this precedent. I don't play on Sunday. I've received revelation for that. And then you turn it around. Then you worry about the judgment on that. It's tricky. Right. So how did you end up really deciding? What was the turning point there? So I asked my husband for a priesthood blessing um, just for healing, right? And he came over and the first words that he said in the blessing was, so Callie, when you play your match tomorrow, and it was when, that was the, it was the first word, it was when you play your match tomorrow. The thought went in my mind is, oh, I'm playing. Okay, I'm playing. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So he said, when you play your match tomorrow, if you win, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to play on Sunday. And if you lose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not supposed to play on Sunday. So I was like, okay, I just know I'm playing tomorrow. And my husband had no idea that I was praying about the other worry that I had of if the Lord changed his mind, right? And the next thing that he told me was, and if anyone has any issue with it, you tell them to come to me. This is the Lord saying, tell them to pray about it. Take the issue <laughs> to him. And I just, start, I just started sobbing. I was like, okay, I'm like, there he is. He's answered both my questions. And I wasn't planning to play tomorrow, but I'm like, okay. So I guess being okay, I'm like, I have food poisoning, but I'm playing. <laughs> so I remember going out and I felt horrible. The only thing I ate was drank was Sprite. So I had Sprite and try to calm my stomach down a little bit. Went out and played and we ended up losing in a three set match against the number one team in the world at that time. Lucy, Kovalova, and Simone, we lost in three. And I just remember feeling at peace. I was like, we didn't win, but the words came through my mind after I lost. You know, if you lose, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not supposed to play on Sunday. Yeah. And so I, we took that and we had a 10 hour drive home. And on our way home, we were like 10 minutes out of California and we got a flat tire. So I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> like, okay, so we got a flat tire and, you know, and my husband's leg almost got crushed trying to change it. 
but little little tender mercy we were able to get it fixed and we're driving home and we you know started talking about how I felt about playing and I said you know I said it's really interesting I said because we've been doing the come follow me and following the come follow me and at that specific time we were talking we were reading about kind of Martin Harris and Joseph Smith about how Martin Harris asked Joseph Smith hey you know did you change your mind about letting me see the manuscript or change your you know have you changed your mind and the Lord said no and you know did you change your mind and the Lord said no and then Martin's like hey you know ask him one more time ask God one more time and then the Lord's like yeah just okay Here's go ahead. And you felt so like you were mind, kind of doing that. I'm like, I'm the Martin Harris. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I've gotten my answer. I've gotten my answer. And I'm like, well, have you changed your mind? So now I'm like, he's just letting me choose. Right. So I'm like, am I the Martin Harris in this situation? Or is this actually the revelation that I'm getting? So but it has that. manifested. I mean, I think of a lot of like Steve Young, there are a lot of notable members of the church who have played on Sunday. And you have a really incredible opportunity as a visible professional pickleball player or any visible professional athlete to be an ambassador for the church. So, I mean, you have an incredible ranking. And so and there's going to be people who are listening right now who are like, what's pickleball? But <laughs> as an overarching theme here, like there are a lot of professional members of the church who play professional sports and they're incredible ambassadors for the church. So have you seen that opportunity for you as an ambassador of the church? So I have. So go at moving forward. So after I, you know, I thought that, you know, I, we prayed and continued to fast for the next couple of weeks after I played that tournament and felt. So and then following that, you know, we, we talked about Abraham, kind of, or the thought came to me, you know, I just wanted to see if you would be willing to follow me. And now that I know you are. I want you to continue with pickleball and it's okay to play on Sunday. And so that was the answer that came to my heart and to my mind is Callie. So it was like my Abrahamic test almost of this is what I want you to do. And this is where I want you to do. You know, and you got the answer, you know, if anyone has an issue with it, tell them to come to me and you're good. Ever since that point in time, I felt very strongly that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And since then, I have had multiple opportunities to share the gospel which has been huge. You know, I've been able to speak at young women camps and share my testimony with these beautiful young women. I've been able to, it's actually opened up conversations. So my not playing on Sunday to all of a sudden playing on Sunday has actually opened up conversations where people have come up and asked me questions about, you know, why did I change or what changed my mind? Or so what do you believe in? What is this? And it sparked so many conversations with non-members or people of faith or Christians or whatever faith. Um, they were, and we got into a lot of discussions, you know, discussions on airplanes with people or my host families that I stay with. And I've been able to share the gospel in ways that, in ways that I never would have been able to without playing professional pickleball or playing a professional sport. And so, and I've seen so many blessings. So I've been able to share the Book of Mormon with people. And I've had people message me just saying, hey, thank you so much for your example, you know, on personal revelation and told me stories about how they received their answer to not play Sundays or how they received their answer to, or just thanking me for my example of just doing what the Lord wanted me to do and to seeking after personal revelation. And I'm so grateful for President Monson at that time, that all during the same time when he gave that talk as well. And I'm just so grateful for the gospel and the opportunities that playing a professional sport has given me to be able to share the gospel. And obviously, I'm not perfect. You know, I make mistakes all the time. And there's some questions I'm like, ah, I'll have to get back to you on that. I got to find out the answer myself, you know. 
But I know through the experiences that I've had, I just want to share it because this gospel brings me so much happiness and so much peace. And honestly, it's one of the ways that I've been able to balance the whole pickleball life and the whole being away from my family a lot life, (laughs) because it's really easy to get sucked into that being my life. And so having my family and my amazing husband to support in addition to the Lord and the gospel and being grounded in the gospel that to me has been what balances my life. I mean, without that. How have you stayed grounded? Because that's the thing. When you have a schedule like you have, you're competing constantly, you're you know, gone on Sundays a lot. A lot of people can start drifting with that situation. How do you stay committed and grounded? Do you have a routine that you do? Do you just have these boundaries for yourself? What do you do there? I do, yeah. So most of the time, they'll have the championship Sunday matches scheduled for a specific time. So it's usually not until 10 a.m. So anytime I can go to church or if I can make a sacrament meeting, I'll go. At the time when all that happened, COVID was going on. And so they had kind of had the at-home church anyways. So it was really nice at that point in time because we were able to have sacrament, you know, in our hotel room and listen to the online church, right? And I was able to go play pickleball. Or if I'm with my family or by myself, I'll try to read the scriptures or listen to a talk on Sunday or try to put the Lord first somehow before I go out and play, um, whether that's through a talk or listen again to church online or doing some kind of thought or family devotional or discussion or even personal discussion when it's just myself or personal devotional for myself so that I can have the spirit going into my match um, or at least feel a spirit and feel like I'm worshiping the Lord. And then afterwards, I pray beforehand. I pray, I even pray during my matches to help me to play well. But a lot of it is just, I've decided to dedicate my pickleball to him. So he's the one that's blessed me with the talent to play. He's the one who's blessed me with my husband, who's able to watch the kids and with all these blessings that surround me and including them. And I just owe everything to him. And so in my mind, it's not about the win, even though winning's great, but it's about serving him. What can I do for the Lord? And that's kind of where I've taken my thoughts. And that's where I try to lead my thoughts before I go play is this is for God. This is for him. I try to read my scriptures on every day to try to obviously. So in my, in my, in my church with my, with our faith in order to keep my own testimony and my own faith growing in line with the savior is you read your scriptures, you try to attend the temple, you say your personal prayers, you attend your church meetings as often as possible. And so anytime I can, I try to do that. And every time I'm home, you know, I'm, I'm at my meetings. I'm currently a Relief Society instructor. So, so I'm, I'm teaching when I'm home and I have felt the blessings of trying to keep the Lord in my life. Honestly, without him, I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't know how I'd keep a balance. It just feels like I have 10 plates spinning all the time. Like I'm trying to hold all these plates up and I know they're going to fall if I stop at any point. But with the Lord, he makes up what I can't do. And he makes up, just fills in, fills in the gaps where I, I, I can't, I just, I can't do everything. You just can't. I mean, I love your total commitment to what you believe. You're totally committed. I mean, you have these boundaries for yourself. You have these kind of guidelines for yourself. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay committed to doing a church service if I can. I'm going to do personal study if I can. I'm going to, you're very aware of your total reliance on the Lord and your humility is really inspiring that you're at a level where a lot of people can say, well, I kind of did this. I'm training. I'm working hard. I'm doing all this work. This is me, you know, but then you're realizing it's the Lord that just 
fortifies us, right? And he also allows us to have an ability beyond our own, right? Absolutely. The level that you're at is unbelievable. And with all the other plates spinning that you're able to do this at such a high level, the Lord's probably magnifying your talents, right? Absolutely. With the sleep I'm getting, with the... (laughs) I'm like, there's no way I have the energy I have. In fact, I've actually, my sisters even, and my parents like, I don't know how you have the energy to do what you're doing. I'm like, you know what? I don't either. Like, it's the Lord. He's helping me because there's no way that I'd be able to do all of this. Or like with injuries, you know, I'll have injuries all the time. But when I'm playing, I'll I'll ask for blessings or I'll pray like, hey, help me, help me, or please heal me, help my body to heal. I had immediate healing. Sometimes it's taken longer than others, but I felt uh, as far as healing goes, but I had, I mean, I had an injury. I had a a hamstring injury where it was hindering my play. You know, and I said, I said a prayer before going out. I said, hey, Heavenly Father, you know, I I know I need to take care of this, but I've got to play this match. Help me not to feel it while I'm playing this match. And honestly, it's the coolest thing, but I see miracles all the time. And I, during my match, when after I said that prayer, you know, it didn't bother me one bit and it killed me after, but during that match, it didn't bother me. Just little things like that, where he's helped me to um, just stay on track or when I feel or moments of depression or when I'm feeling down or like, oh my gosh, or moments of overwhelm. I'm like, oh, okay, I come back from a trip and I have all this, you just want to relax for a minute. It's like almost like a vacation. It's like you're gone away on vacation, even though it's like work. And then you come home, you know, and you still have everything that, that piled up that you need to do. And in moments like that, I'm like, oh, I just, I just need help. And there's times when I just feel like I can't do it all and I'll turn it over to him. And I still have to get things done, but just peace comes instead of the chaos. And just even in the family, it's like one of the things that you said, you know, what do I make sure that I'm doing to stay grounded in the gospel? It's one of the things that I've decided not to give up is the scripture reading with my family. Um, and any, every time I'm home, I'll make sure that we get in even before bedtime. Most of the time it's right before the kids go to bed, but we'll do or come follow me or scripture reading or lesson with the kids or we teach them something in the gospel and teach them about Jesus Christ. And to me, that's a non-negotiable thing. Whereas, for example, my laundry, I have given up doing laundry other than washing it. And it is in a pile on my floor. And it is so high. But I'm like, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> like, I've got to give up something to do something better. And so just in the culture of the church is, oh, we have to be perfect at all these things, you know, and have a clean house and have this. And like, that's great. And I do understand all of those things. And yes, it does help me to feel more at peace when my home is in order. And there are also, you can't, you can't do everything if you're super busy, you know, what things can I give up and what things am I not going to give up? Um, and that's something said. that my husband and I have had to talk about multiple times, you know, what things am I, are we willing to give up? And what things are we not? And the things that we're not are our scripture reading and making sure our kids are going to school and getting and spending time with them when we're home and laundry. Honestly, clean clothes are important, but the folding and the putting away that can be pushed off until later. So we just had to kind of pick and choose our battles and together. And yes, there are some days that are hard, but overall, we've just seen so many blessings, especially when we try to include the Lord in our lives and in our decisions. Beautifully said. We'll end with that. And thank you so much for your time. I love your commitment to all things good. I love your total dedication to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an incredible example you're setting for your children, really, that you can pursue your dreams. You can stay focused in the gospel. You have a husband that supports you. And what a good example that is for your kids to see that you have a husband who totally supports your dreams 
That's not typical. And so I think that's a beautiful thing that you've married someone who can help you manifest your true potential. So beautifully said, thank you for sharing your testimony and your story. It's inspiring. Yeah, no problem. Just wanted to tell anyone, any women out there, any moms or women, you know, if you have a dream and you have a goal or you want to go for a career, like absolutely go for it. I know that if you keep the Lord in your life and it's part of those decisions and obviously it has to work for for you guys as a family. Um, It's not a me decision, but this is a you guys decision or a you decision. And I just found when I put the Lord first and try to put the Lord first in my life that he leads me to, I guess, greener pastures or places where I thought I would be and the things that I thought I wanted. He's led me to better places and better career options. And it's just it's just been amazing. So and I know that he can do the same for you. Amen. Thank you so much. So thanks so much, Mary Alice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the What Now podcast. I invite you to help us create positive change by sharing this episode with family, friends, and anyone you think it might help. Just click on that share button wherever you listen to podcasts. I also invite you to follow the What Now podcast on Instagram at podcast what now. That's at podcast what now for inspirational messages and highlights from our past and present podcasts. Thank you for leaving positive ratings and written reviews, which really help the podcast to grow. To leave a positive review, just subscribe to the podcast and scroll down the episodes and you will see where you can leave a positive rating and written review. We never say goodbye. We say what now? This has been a What Now podcast production.